0: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. It says the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. Change. I could end right here. I'm not going to because I'm excited and I worked hard on this message, but think about this for a second. How many times do people come to me and say, Oh, I'm in ministry and God is good. I'm at this church and God's doing something and, and I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I feel the spirit and, or a couple years ago, you know, I was speaking in tongues and, and it gets the spirit working in me, but now it's not the same. I don't feel God's presence. I don't see God's presence. I need to go to another church. I need to have another pastor. I need to read different scriptures. Really? Isn't God the same yesterday, today, and? in the scriptures the same yesterday, today, and forever? They will not return void. What? You need need to change what? How about you stop changing and allow God to do the change today? Amen? My point is, he very well may start from in front of you, and he may move behind you. And you may get pretty upset at that. Where'd you go, God? I don't see you anymore. Hey, God, where are you? I can't feel you. Hey, God, I feel alone. You left me. I know the Bible says you'll never leave me, but I feel left. Where are you? I can't touch you. I can't see you. Why? Why? Change is uncomfortable. God's leaving. Things are not what they seem. Things are not what they seem. You see, that's the point of change. They're not what they seem. Read just the next part of the verse. Verse 19, the next part says, and still behind them, Coming in between the armies of Egypt and Israel, God was literally leaving their current path and providing a hedge of protection before their enemy. Before you ask where God is in your life and why you don't feel him, what you're doing, maybe God's not here to make you feel good. And maybe, just maybe, because of your prayer life, God has stopped attending to your emotional needs and he's protecting something much bigger in your life. Maybe your family, your health, your, your spiritual walk, I don't know, but, but he's probably doing something pretty big because the God I know is when I can't see him, when I can't feel him, I know he's working. Amen. Okay, so you're seeing it the same way I'm seeing it in verse 19. But it's kind of funny. You know, I, I imagine when God was doing all this stuff, he's like, I wonder if one day somebody will notice this and preach it because I just got so excited. This isn't, this is NVBS. I'm adding it. hope that's okay, Pastor Chris. But as I got into the scripture, I realized the thing about change not being what it seems and things being different than what it seems and perspective, looking at it from another side. When this cloud went behind them, verse 20 happens. I skimmed right over it. I've read verse 20 a hundred times, but today it meant something different. Let's look at verse 20. See, in my story Bible, the New Living Translation, it's what I use to tell stories, it reads like this. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned into fire, lighting up the night. It feels good. This is how I've imagined it in my head. I've read it a bunch of times. It got dark. This giant ball of fire emanated in between the two groups of people, protecting them. It lit it up. That's how I envisioned it in my mind. That's what it says in this story Bible. Things aren't always what they seem. You go back and read the original text, it's not exactly how it's translated. So, go look at the King James, New King James, any of the older versions that are a little more precise, and look at what the words say. Because things aren't exactly what they seem. They say, Throughout the night, the cloud, was already dark, brought more darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Clearly, we know it's protection. My point is, the Spirit of God is a cloud when in between. And if you looked at it from one side, you saw utter Darkness. Such a depth of darkness, you didn't want to go forward. It looked like a black hole. But if you looked at it from the other side, you saw not darkness. You saw blazing glory of light protecting you from the enemy. Life is full of change. God is good. What do you see in the middle of your change? Do you see darkness? Darkness. Do you see the fire? Things are not what they appear. Literally, the two groups of people saw something different. It was the same God. And that led me to this thought. So I'm glad I have a couple minutes here. So I showed my son this picture this morning. He got up. He gets up before all of us, 6 o'clock. I'm usually not up that early. I'm not a morning person. On Sundays, I do. It's part of my regimen. And so he gets up. He meets me in the morning we do this five second little prayer thing and we, we have a couple little cute things that him and I do while everyone else is sleeping and then he goes off about his business. So he came in and he asked what's going on at VBS and he knows my wife is doing one of the VBS classes and she's bought all of this like beach and river stuff and he knows it's something about the Red Sea. He wants me to show him the Red Sea. What is this Red Sea? Because in his mind he's imagining it being as red as Jeremy's shirt. Everyone who knows the story of the Red Sea, who've seen all the movies, the cinematics, or you've seen a visual online, you see something like this. It looks like a giant river being split by a wall of two water walls, if you will. And they can walk through. The Bible says a wind brushed through. Don't misinterpret that either. Don't interpret this as some type of... Uh, weather event or seminal moment in Earth's atmosphere. No, if it was, by the way, if it was a mighty rushing wind that was holding these up, when the people started walking and it would have all got blown away. So no, this was a downright miracle happening. And we envision it like this, don't we? I don't know. I haven't asked too many women this question. But these pictures, most of these pictures that I've seen, most of them are pretty old, there's paintings, you know, all throughout history, most are painted by men. And that's how I've envisioned it. It's stuck in my brain. And the message I was going to preach was basically this. Hey, see it, believe it, use it. That's God's power. When you see God's power, you begin to, to get excited about what God can do. Believe in God's power, that's where the faith kicks in because it's hard to believe in God's power. You believe in it, and then you use it. You start taking steps towards using God's power. That was the message I was going to give you, but the Lord put me in a different direction because when I saw this picture, it occurred to me, that this may be influenced by all of our projections of how we envision God being used. What if, what if when Moses stretched his hand over the river and the river started to split, what if it just didn't split the whole two miles so they could see the end and this bright, welcoming light was at the end that they could just walk towards. Oh, come this way. Come, Israelites, this way. Look, if the river opened up even a little bit, all of them were running in anyway because they were about to get killed from the other side. What if it looked more like this? What if the river split just enough for them to walk in? Would you have walked in? Would you have walked pretty close to that? middle bubble there where there's rushing water being held up right in front of your face? What if, what if God didn't open it up anymore until your foot got right about to the point where it's about to get wet again? You had to walk up that close where you could almost feel the mist on your face and it would open up again. What if God expected you to be obedient step by step by step by step? I believe this. Why do I believe it? Because when I look at Exodus and I look at all of this, every one of the tests that God sent them was over and over and over to test their obedience. Would they believe that God would do it? But we as men, we want to see everything panned out. What's the whole journey look like? What's Okay, now I know where I'm going. Let me do it. You know, we don't like to see, oh, well, do this? What do I do next? Do that? Uh, No, 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 no. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Steps. Look what happens. I'm going to read this. They finally get to the other side. Exodus 14, 29, it reads, When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again, and the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians. So the sun began to rise, and Moses raised his hand, and the water rushed back, and all the Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea, and the waters covered them all up, and the entire army, all of the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. As the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That's why I believe that. As the water stood up, they walked. And then we'll get to another day. So, verse 30. This is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptian people wash up on shore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power of the Lord unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with all before them. That is God's power. Amen? Oh, right, I'm going to speed up here. Hopefully you can follow me. I only got a couple minutes here. I'm going to finish up. Out of the frying pan, slavery, into the fire, standing right by the waves, by the river. God opens up the river. Out of the frying pan, they cross over. What do you think they were expecting? Probably not more fire. I don't know. My guess is they were expecting something like this. This, by the way, is an actual modern-day picture of a desert in Egypt around where they were. In other words, these existed. They could have literally walked up upon one of these through walking in the wilderness. They walk for about three days. Nothing. No food, no water. Their mothers, children, being very dehydrated. Out of the frying pan, into the fryer. Into the fire. They can feel, they can literally feel this change is bad for them. Why don't I have this? Isn't this what we expect, guys? This is the kind of change that we want. We pray for change. We want it to look like this. I want to get out of slavery. I want to walk into this paradise here. Uh, Chapter 15, the whole chapter is after they got past the Red Sea. You know what they did? They sang all these great, amazing songs. They had this giant worship service. They had this giant worship service. So now I'm all worshipped up. I'm all prayed up. The power of God's all over me. Give me some blessing. Give me this oasis. This is what we expect when we exercise God's faith, when we exercise God's glory. This is what we expect. You know what they saw? They didn't see this. You can read it. Chapter 15, guess what they saw? This. They saw a barren, dry desert. No water. Nothing to drink. They finally... Come up to some water where they hope to drink. Somebody sticks their nose in, takes a sip, and it's all bitter. Can't even drink it. They finally get the water out of the frying pan and they get, they got to the water. Can't drink it. Now, all of our survivalists here say, okay, Pastor Sean, so what you do? You take the water out, you start a fire, you then light the fire, you okay, for a million people, really? Show me how you're gonna do that. God says, ah, let's skip all that. Do you believe me? Yeah, I believe you. Walk over there. You see that decrepit piece of wood sitting on the ground? You can't even burn it? No. Yeah, okay, I see it now. Pick it up, throw it in the water. What? Yeah, throw it in the water. Make the water all good. Picks it up, throws it in the water. Now they can drink the water. This change that we're going through, that we all experience, is what you expect. See, the funny thing is, just a couple couple verses later, this little picture here, they actually got there. They actually got there. It says they traveled on to the oasis where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there besides the water. God has something amazing in store for you, church. But maybe there's going to be plagues, a river, and a bitter pond to drink from before you get there. See, miracles, miracles are a funny thing. In Pentecostalism, we're like, we need to see miracles, we need to see miracles, we need to see miracles. Why? Why do we need to see miracles? You ever ask yourself that question? I know why. As a pastor, I figured it out. And it's not because it increases our faith. God could take this roof off right now, stick his head in it, and I don't think it would increase our faith. How do I know that? Because he did like all of that back here. Plagues, split the sea, threw a wood into a river, sent them to an oasis. Didn't increase anybody's faith. Matter of fact, all they did later was complain more and more and more about God not doing anything. We need miracles because they meet our need. They meet or need God's way. God's way. Now, well, I'm closing, but I, I want to finish here. If only, this is what happened next. If only. You know, we've all started our prayers like this. If only, if only God would do this, if only God would give me more money. If only God would heal me. If only God would you fill in the blank. If only. More change. God told him to leave that land and go to a new land. Now their their thirst is quenched. They're filled up with water. You know what happens after you've satiated your thirstiness, your dehydration? You know what happens in your belly? You get hungry. So now they want to eat. You know what happens when men are hungry and tired? They get this thing called hangry. It means they're angry and they're hungry at the same time. And so they said, if only, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. I'm so hungry, I'd rather be dead. I'm so hungry. More complaining, more complaining, more complaining. They actually said this. We sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted when we were in Egypt. But now you've brought us in this wilderness to starve us to death. See, men, we want to provide for ourselves. We can't provide food and water. We get all upset. We don't expect God to do it, but he's in the business of doing it. He will protect you and he will provide for you. Give him a chance. Allow God to lead the fight. Allow God to lead the provision. And again, it shocks me. Once we remove God from the equation, what we'll settle for? I'd rather have my bellies full and be in slavery. What? Then allow God to do something in my life and change me all up. See what happened again? God's people encountered unfair, scary change. We're not immune to it. Expect it. Look what else happens. God's people, in the face of unfair, scary change, they blame and complain. God did not forget them. In fact, he continued to provide for them. Kingsway believers, fathers, visitors today, we are almost guaranteed to face danger, shortages, inconveniences. And these difficult situations will almost always lead to stress. Complaining is a natural response. God's people did not really want to go back to Egypt, they really didn't want to die but they were so stressed out, they say stupid things. Stop that. Stop doing that. I do it. We need to stop it. In reality, what we're really upset about is that life is difficult and keeps throwing us curveballs. And we'd rather have life a whole lot easier. The problem is that in the pressure of the moment, we find it very hard to focus on the cause of our stress, which often is we don't trust God enough. Instead, we can only think about the quickest and easiest way to escape. And that's not God's plan at all. We can't run away from change, especially undesirable and uninvited change. Resist the temptation to make a quick escape. Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. He wants to give you your bread enough for today. Amen? I want to share this one last thing and then we'll close. As I was sort of putting this whole thing together in my head, this picture came to mind. And there's more scriptures. I'm not going to get into them at this point. But I want to share this. This is for men, but I think it applies to everyone who's been on a Christian journey. When we pray and we ask God in our life and we start down a journey, I think all of us have a mental image. It looks like this, that the path is maybe have some curves in it, may have some trees in it but it's going to be lit up. I'm going to know the way. I'm going to know every step. I'm going to know the beginning and I'm going to know the end. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not how God works. It's not how the plan works. That's not what he did with God's people back then. He doesn't show them every step in every way. We don't see the full picture. We need to get comfortable not seeing it. And often is the case in my ministry, it looks a little more like this. There's a light Just enough for me to take one more step. Am I going to take it? Am I going to allow the seas to open? Take the next step. God knows where to take you. He knows where you're going. He knows where you're going. He knows where you're going. So, Pastor Sean, what you're saying is, if I'm in the frying pan, I'm going to end up in the fire? I thought about that. Maybe I was thinking to give you some encouragement that wouldn't be that. But after I thought about it and read this story, I realized if God's going to make himself a pillar of fire and separate me from my enemies, then I'll take it any day. Get me out of that frying pan and put me in the fire because God has a plan to use every bit of it for my protection, for my provision, and for my plan. Amen? We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.